Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Morning Footy, MLS playoff action in full swing. Here's a look at the round one results so far. Reminder, this is a best of three series between all of these teams. Philadelphia 3-1 over the New England Revolution in their first match. LAFC 5-2 over the Vancouver Whitecaps. FC Cincinnati 3-0 over the New York Red Bulls. Um, and Orlando sitting in 1-0 win over Nashville SC. We have, this is, I'm trying to find the best way to phrase this. The final first match of the best of three series in round one. Huh? Nice. You did it's it. happening tonight. <laughs> this Thank is about you. Thank nice. you. Not yes. confusing at all. Not confusing at all. And match two <laughs> is what, tomorrow? Uh, do we or, or in 10 think, days from now. Yes, it could be. It could be. Either. We don't know. It's not It's there, It's not really a set schedule. Mm. It's, it's okay. chaos. You MLS know, is chaos. But we were so. kind of asking for this. During regular season, all the games are on at once, and it was terrible to watch it as a viewer. Very difficult. And now it's kind of nice. You have like a, a game or two a day. It just spreads it out, but now we're confused. <laughs> now we're confused. I'm like, where are we at? What, the, what is this? So this, will, this is uh, the first match between Columbus and and Atlanta, okay? So this is the, the three seed going against the, the six seed. And the big storyline in this one, well, there's two. Columbus being very, very good at home and Atlanta being without arguably their best player on the pitch in Tiago Almada, who is out due to a red card suspension. So here's a look at how Atlanta United have fared when Almada has played, um, 13, 10, and eight. There have been three games in which he has not played and they did not win any of those games. Nico, nope. it, you can't really overstate the importance of him on the pitch for this Atlanta side. So especially going into what is going to be a hostile environment in Columbus where they are so good. How how do you how does Atlanta approach this making up for the loss of their star player? It's going to be very difficult. He is irreplaceable. There's not a player. I'm trying to look through their roster, see who's that guy, because we haven't seen Atlanta come up with an alternative without Thiago Almada because Atlanta is Thiago Almada. I wonder how this game will play out, how much they won't be able to dictate without him. Um, it's going to be very difficult. Mm -hmm. he, he's got a, he got a red card in the last game. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I feel like this is heavily favored. This for match one is heavily favored for Columbus that have shown that that they're, They're good team. Very good. Uh, Jordan Angeli is very familiar yes. with the Columbus. My boys. Crew. Your boys. Your boys. And they have been exceptional at home yeah. this year. They're on a they finished the season really, really strong. What are what are Atlanta United up against um, 
in this Columbus yeah. Crew team. Unfortunately, I left the, the team as an analyst a year too early because now they are high-flying. Uh -huh. They score uh, the most goals in MLS or up there with the most. They're just ruthlessly aggressive, I would say. It, they, it doesn't matter if it's Steven Marrera, who's a right-sided center back. He'll be in the attacking line at times. If in this Wilfred Nancy system, 3-4-2-1, they are aggressive, fluid. Everybody can have an attacking role at any minute. And I think Tiago Almada would have counterattacked that a little bit, right? Counterbalanced, I should say, with him and Yakumakis and the combination that they can have going forward. But now without that, I don't know how this Atlanta team prevents Columbus from being devastating in lower.com field, in front of the Nordeca, a sea of yellow. It is going to be... I feel like Columbus's game to lose. Like they, they gotta go and yep. put everything out there, be devastating. And when you have a player like Cucho Hernandez, oh. who came in last year, scored a goal in his first game, a, a, a ridiculous chip goal, mm -hmm. mind you. He has just continued to show his class game after game after game, and he is on a streak now where it is hard. Ten goals in his last eight games. Yeah, he is on fire, and that's exactly what you want if you're Columbus. So I think this is actually the matchup out of all of the first round that everybody was anticipating because of how wild both of these teams they both are. It could be like a 4-3 well. to three game when Tiago Amato's back. I, I don't think it's going to be tonight, but in Atlanta, it might be a very high-scoring game. They're the two most high-scoring teams in MLS, now that you mentioned that yeah. Columbus is up there. Yeah. Atlanta they have was the a, most prolific in, in the league. Columbus has the best goal differential in the league. They're at plus 27 goals yeah. right now. I mean, they, they, they kind of score with, with abandon. Uh, they have the second best home record as well. So Alexis, if you're, if you're Atlanta, mm -hmm. okay, if you're Gonzalo Pineda, are you almost looking at this match as kind of a, I don't want to say a wash, but you're looking to the second match where you get to go back to Mercedes Benz. You get to, you get your best player back on the pitch and knowing that you've, been, you've also played well at home, get the result at home and then leave it up to the third game when hopefully you'll be at full strength. Like where, where how, how do you think they're going <laughs> to approach this? I think that's the right ta tactic. You go there, you go to lower.com field and you just simply hope to frustrate them. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. They, they played two matches ago. It was a 1-1 draw. Miles Robinson with an absolutely last minute uh, mm -hmm. equalizer. Uh, and Almada was there. Hamada was in that match, and it didn't go. It didn't go well. You know, we're talking about players on Columbus. They're stacked. Diego Rossi knows how to play in these playoffs. Uh, this is going to be a very difficult, very difficult game for Atlanta to win, especially on the road. What you hope is you don't have your best player. Even with him, you weren't that competitive in the last match. You want to bunker down. You want to stop Columbus from being effective. Ben, don't break. Go back home. Maybe surprise them. If you could walk yeah. out of this match with a draw. You right, draw, but I, then winning penalty kicks. Yeah. You know, then, yeah. you put, then you put, if somehow they go to the 90 with a draw and winning penalty kicks at Atlanta. On the road? It's did check you, yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. Did you see that graphic? It said goals against without Tiago Amado was 3.3 average for mm -hmm. this team when he's not there. So I don't know how you get a, like, you, this is not a defensively stout Atlanta yeah. United team. Like, that is going to be actually the harder of the things just to sit back and defend. Columbus beat them 6-1. Yeah, yeah. 6-1 back in March. So if you sit back, Darlington Nagby just dictates the play. It's like the last thing you want. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Leave, leave them spread open? You know what I mean? <laughs> Give them a lot of space? What, what are you going to do? 
Honestly, I, park that bus. Five five zero formation. Park that bus. I just keep the ball. Keep the ball. Try to not let Columbus dictate. Try to not have them have all the momentum in their favor. Atlanta can score without Thiago Almada. Right. But I don't know how in control of the game they're going to be without Thiago Almada. Yeah. That's the question. So how do you maintain Muck it up a that, little bit. that sort of control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to frustrate them. I don't know if frustrate them is, is sitting all the way back and parking the bus for 90 minutes, which I think is it's, it's not recommended against a Columbus crew, who is, <laughs> by the way, the most prolific goal-scoring team in the league. I thought it was that. One goal above Atlanta. Ooh. So this is a series. Unfortunately, yeah. it's gonna be fun. This is really interesting. Isn't as high as it would have been with Thiago. Columbus Almada, crew hosting Atlanta United tonight, 7:30 p.m. on Apple TV Plus. We're gonna take a break. Stay with us, everyone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Morning Footy. England's Carabao Cup resumed this week. Here's a look at the round of 16 matchups. Today we've got West Ham United taking on Arsenal. Chelsea versus Blackburn. Everton, Burnley, Bournemouth, Liverpool. Ipswich Town will face Fulham. And Manchester United will take on Newcastle United. For more on some of these matches, we bring in one of our faves, Anita Jones. Anita, how are you this morning? Susanna, you guys are my faves too, even though it's not quite the morning for me. You know, oh, that's you're like true. a mid, mid-afternoon coffee for me. Get my, exactly. you know, you get the energy going. Yeah. Exactly. Just a, a little recaffeination, if you will. Um, all right, let's let's chat about uh, some of these Carabao Cup matchups. A lot of the teams in action today, Anita, teams like Arsenal and Manchester United and Newcastle and Liverpool, they're all competing in other European competitions right now. So we're for some of these clubs, how do they how do they prioritize the Carabao Cup? How important is it to them? I guess if we go for the stellar one tonight, Manchester United against Newcastle, which is a replay of the final last season, um, both teams go into this with very different priorities, as you say. So Manchester United will be trying to react from that abysmal performance at home against Man City in the derby. Meanwhile, Newcastle... Um, what a turnaround for them in the last two seasons. All of a sudden, this is definitely not a priority for Eddie Hearn. I'm not saying that they don't want to try win a, a trophy here, but um, having been in what everyone was calling the group of death in the Champions League, they've now got a real chance of getting out of that group into the knockout stages. And then after a really tricky start to the Premier League season, they're now picking up points again. So they still want to be within, I, I guess, a real close gap um, to those top four Teams. So you'd imagine a lot of changes for, for Newcastle. Manchester United, equally some changes. Maybe we'll see the likes of Varane and um, Sergio Reguilón start, who weren't in the starting lineup uh, at the weekend. But yeah, for, for Eric Ten Hag, he's going to hope that he can maybe change the mood because there's a lot of great clouds over Manchester at the moment, or Manchester United, I should say. 
Anita, uh, West Ham is going to be playing uh, Arsenal. Arsenal is going uh, over there. Uh, and it looks like Declan Rice will be seeing his ex uh, <laughs> in West Ham. Anita. But they ended on good terms. Yeah, They're I mean, friendly. Yeah. Really I, don't know how, I don't know how Anita's last relationship went, but uh, it could be a little awkward when you see your ex sometimes. How do you think the reception is going to be? So... Of course, he helped them to their, their first European trophy in so many years. He was a captain for them. As you mentioned, it's the first encounter between exes. You never know if he scores a banger like he has been doing. Um, they might not be very happy, but equally, you've got to applaud the quality. You know, when your ex is doing well, sometimes you just got to let it slide, <laughs> hold your breath. Um, but in terms of this game, it'll be interesting to see if Declan Rice even plays because similarly to Newcastle, Arsenal have still got their fingers in a lot of pies if we're talking about competitions. Um, and I imagine Mikel Arteta will want to make some changes given that, um, of course, they've, they've got Premier League action and then Champions League action next week too. But it would be nice to see him go back there and get a round of applause. But yeah, you never know. Like West Ham fans, they, they may be feeling him, they may be not. And like I said, if he puts on an incredible performance... That, that's just not nice. And you know how it is with football. A lot of these players go back to their old club and all of a sudden they pull out a worldie and, you know, so who knows? I, I mean, I'd like it. Don't get me wrong. I'd like it very much. <laughs> well, I've never heard fingers in a lot of pies as a reference before. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask, you think if Declan Rice marries Arsenal in theory, uh -huh. West Ham would be invited to the wedding? Ooh. I think West, I think London Stadium would send a you up text the night before the wedding. <laughs> um, would West Ham be invited? I think so. Without West Ham, he doesn't get to Arsenal, does he? And West Ham were the team that gave him the chance after Chelsea let him go because he, of course, started his career with the likes of Mason Mount in the academy at Chelsea and then he was let go and then it was the East London club that showed faith in him. So I would think he would, you know, out of good faith. He seems like a good guy, so yeah. <laughs> we just wrote a, a rom-com. I, I know. Like Jeez. <laughs> feels like There's a, a lot of respect. He a left them bit. with a lot of respect. He, he, he gave like 100 million pounds to the club because of his transfer. Uh -huh. He left on good terms, winning silverware as the captain. Today, my feeling is that he's going to get a round of applause, at least from a group of fans. Yeah. Okay, smile because it happened, yeah. I guess, <laughs> that kind of thing, whatever. Um, Anita, you mentioned Chelsea there, and let's, let's go to Chelsea because this is going to be a match for them against Blackburn, a match in which they should win, but they haven't been great at home. I think they have one win in their last five home matches. But for Chelsea, they need something to go right for them. Mm. How are they approaching this game? Because it feels like for me – if you don't get it right here, then this season that hasn't been looking good just continues to falter. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, Jordan. So Chelsea looked like they were turning a corner. In fact, maybe a lot of us prematurely thought that Maurizio Pochettino kind of steadied the ship. But then Brentford go along and Brentford absolutely are playing in West London. It was the third time that they've won there. Um, in fact, they've had more wins at Chelsea's home ground, I think it's like in the last seven months than Chelsea have, which is just ridiculous. Um, I guess one positive is that they'll be hoping, the fans, Chelsea fans will be hoping that the likes of Rhys James will come back in for what would be his second start to the season. But in terms of this matchup against Blackburn, they're a championship side who are mid-table, they should be getting the win. And if you consider that 
they're in action in the Premier League on Monday against a very informed Tottenham, a very scary-looking Tottenham. Um, not the way Maurizio Pochettino would have wanted to go back there, I'm sure. He needs his side to have some confidence going into that, to believe that they could actually get three points against his old side, because then after that, it's something like Manchester City. So uh, I know we just finished a Halloween, but it's a very scary time for Chelsea fans, especially if they don't get a win tonight. Yeah, every weekend is scary for Chelsea. It's always Halloween. Uh <laughs> I, I guess that my question with, uh, with regards to the United-Newcastle match is, even if United win, we had this conversation earlier, you kind of get a better sense of what the fan base is like. You understand it a little more. Maybe you can give us a little insight into, would this stop the slide? Is that, would that be enough to satiate the fan base? No. In one word, no, not at all. Um, it's, I think they're clutching at straws at this point. Like I said, you know, a derby, you're playing against your fiercest rival. The difference between Man City and Manchester United couldn't be wider right now. Forget about the fact that they beat them 3-0. You just think about the fact that Man City emulated what Man United did all those years ago and got a treble last season. They're only going upwards. Pep Guardiola has the pull factor. He's got all these incredible players that want to join and play for him, that, you know, really leave everything out on the pitch. Can the same be said for, for Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United? I think there's huge question marks there. When they won this trophy at the end of last season, people thought it could be a springboard to, you know, kickstart things off. But the fact is, in the Premier League, they've only won five games out of a possible ten. So it's going to be up and down, I think, until they find some form. In fact, you just wonder what the style is. We're talking about the style Manchester United have been known for having this counter-attack style. And someone who's been key to that is Marcus Rashford. He's only got one goal so far this season, which um, is just mad for a player of his quality and um, so, um, no, I don't think a win will do much for, for how the fans are feeling at the moment, which is sad. But I think it just points to the fact that there are so many issues at the moment. You know, people question if Eric Ten Hag still has the dressing room, for example, because you look at the likes of the issues with Jaden Sancho and so on. And then the fact that he doesn't play someone like Varane at the weekend, but he goes for Evans and Harry Maguire in that centre-back position. So it's really going to be tough for them to, I guess, get the fans all on board. And we mentioned it, I think, last time I was on the show. We're all waiting to see if Sir Jim Ratcliffe, the the business billionaire or millionaire, rather, um, from, from Britain, is going to be getting that minor stake in the club. Maybe that's what they need to kind of feel like they can restart the season. Oh, man. If you have any friends that are Manchester United fans right now, give them give them a hug today, you know, maybe just a little extra mm. extra cuddle. They need it. Um, yeah, but Susanna, your team's just flying under the radar. We're not even talking about Liverpool. I know. You know I'm, that, there's a scary. reason for They're that, just Anita. under the radar. I, I like it like this, honestly. This is this is just fine for me. I'm I'm good with it. I, you know, if they can win Europa League, maybe they take home Carabao Cup, two trophies in a season next year. We're back in Champions League. Liverpool are flying. Uh, that that's the trajectory I'm I'm looking for. So I'm happy to just kind of like stay tight-lipped right now. <laughs> I believe they could do that. I, I genuinely believe they could do that because nobody's focusing you. on. This is why we're friends. This is why we're friends, Anita. Um, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. 
Thanks, guys. And yeah, of course, we hope it's very amicable between Declan Rice and Weston. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, all right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, Daniel Shallowy of Sporting Kansas City joins us next. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Dembe is coming forward. He has space. And Dembe! A wonderful goal from the unlikeliest source. Only as far as Kinda. The kick save from Berkey. Voltaire! And in! The lead again! Oh! What a goal! What a half from Sporting KC! Kinda serving. Polito flicking. Shallowy! And in! And it's four! Sporting Kansas City comes across the state of Missouri and dominates their cross-state rival 4-1. to one. Welcome back. Well, one of the hottest teams in MLS are looking to continue their postseason run. Sporting Kansas City, fresh off their 4-1 win in St. Louis, will host their rivals in the second of a three-game round one series on Sunday. This game, 5 p.m. Eastern on Apple TV+. And right now, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome in Daniel Shallowy of Sporting Kansas City. He scored a goal in that 4-1 win. Daniel, take us back to Sunday because you you guys are flying right now. There just seems to be this air of confidence behind the Sporting Kansas City team. What was the reaction getting that win against your biggest rival at their home? It was very fun. Honestly, um, we've been enjoying these past games and uh, honestly, just just having fun with it, really enjoying playing with each other and getting these results. This is a huge result. Obviously, uh, we went there two times already. It did not work out the way it worked out this time, but we are um, super happy for the result. But obviously, we know there's a lot of work left, so we're focused on this weekend. But at the same time, we're proud of ourselves, what we just did this weekend. Daniel, um, two-part question. Well, not really two-part question. Two separate questions, but the first one's very quick. Um, <laughs> I've always heard your name pronounced through the mouth of a non-native Hungarian speaker. I know Hungarian is a very difficult language. Can you pronounce your name fully authentic, how your mother and your father call you? So first of all, it's for us, it's last name is first name. So oh. the family name is first and then. So it would be Shaloi Daniel. Shalui Daniel. Shalui Daniel. Oh, this is so. Uh, but how would they say it if they were if they were mad at you? How would they say it? How would they say they would be like Daniel Fayesbe? <laughs> so when you, if you miss, I hope you don't miss. But if you miss, we're all gonna be oh, like Daniel Fayesbe. How 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 do you say goal in Hungarian? By the way. Goal is the same goal. Goal. Oh, okay. Mm. Only Good. the French put like but and stuff like that. <laughs> is there a way to say golazo like a like a super goal? Um we usually just curse when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we wouldn't have known, you know? All right, so the real question, the, the sporting question, Daniel. Um 
this three-game format is totally different to anything that we've seen in, in normal circumstances. Winning 4-1 on the road at St. Louis would carry some weight going into match two, but it only counts for, for one win. How do you guys kind of not get ahead of yourselves, say, okay, there's no three-goal difference between us and St. Louis going into match two? Yeah, as you said, this is uh, this is strange, I think, for all of us. And uh, obviously, it's more like just a mental push, you know, that you you know that you, you just did that this weekend. But um, at the same time, I mean, you just got to get used to it uh, right now and uh, focus on the next one. You won one game, you have to win the, the next one as well. So it's difficult. Obviously, because of the way the result went, we wish it would be like aggregate or just one game, but... It is what it is. Got to get the job done on the next game. Uh, Daniel, okay, look, you guys had a rough start to the season. You surprised a lot of folks by getting into the playoffs, and I think you surprised even more by this massive first win. Going into the second game, feels like all the surprises are gone. Or do you guys have to find another level in order to win this next game? I think we just have to stick with what we've been doing. I think uh, this group has this you know, almost uh, the pressure is off and we're just enjoying it. We're, I feel like everybody's fearless uh, fighting for each other and and really just giving their best. And people are stepping up who don't step up every weekend, you know. And that's the nice thing about playoffs. You need everybody to do their part and a little bit more. And that's what we did. I mean, let's be honest, we scored some amazing goals and that doesn't happen every weekend. You know, th those bangers and golassos th those are the type of momentum shifts you need in a playoff game so I, at this point we're just enjoying it we're we're loving the moment and we got to keep working hard Daniel, I, I worked for Colorado Rapids this year. I was at the game earlier this season when they beat you on the road. Hate to bring it up, but that was a completely different sporting side than what we're seeing now in the second half of the season. You guys have gotten your groove back. I, I, I'm just curious. I've been in teams that it's been a rough start, and you figure something out. What was it for you guys that started to click, or what did you drop? You said we've been playing a little bit more free. How, were you guys how did you manage to do that in order to get yourself into the playoff now where you, anybody has a chance? Yes, we. I get this question a lot, and really – I really think that I don't know what didn't fully work on those 10 games. That was just like, you know, you were looking around in the league and you were like, ah, but like those guys aren't playing great, but they can get a win. Why can we get a win? You know, like one of those moments. But um, yeah, it really, after not winning uh, for 10 games, you are completely like, I mean, what can be worse than this? So it, the pressure comes off and you try to play freely. And I think we just almost found each other a little bit as a team and um, and just trying to become more closer to each other and as one. And it's been just one of those that just keep getting results slowly, slowly. And uh, at the end, we we just had a lot of must wins and um, we a lot of guys came in clutch, to be honest. And here we are. 
Daniel, you talk about the closeness of this team. It just seems to be really good vibes right now. And I know you have a, a pretty good relationship with your captain, Johnny Russell. And I know that both of you um, are, you, you fancy yourself some pranksters. There's always some, I feel like there's some locker room antics that, that happen. What's the, what's the latest? Like, who, have you gotten him? Has he gotten you? What, what was the latest prank exchange between y'all? I feel like we haven't done one in a while, but um, maybe it's because you don't interview us any, anymore. You know, oh, as much. You used, no, no, used to no. set us up to do something, and now we've forgotten about it. But, um. I promise to do better. I swear. I feel like if you guys, if you guys advance, because here's the other thing that's interesting about the playoffs, right? If you guys win at home this weekend, you're going to have a pretty sizable break between then and the time you would play again in the in the conference semis. I feel like that would be an ideal time, Daniel. We could put our heads together and come up with uh, some some good pranks to play on on Johnny. What do you think? Deal. Now, you see, now I have my motivation to yeah. win this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took. That's all it took. Um, okay, unrelated. Yesterday was was Halloween. We know that you have an adorable dog, Freddie, that is featured on your, your social medias. Did you dress Freddie up? as anything? So I'm kind of disappointed. We got a day off, which is great, but uh, so we didn't do a team dress up event and didn't have any parties or anything. So, but I had the costume ready. <gasps> um, so don't judge me. I was gonna go as uh, Cruella and <laughs> Freddie was gonna be a Dalmatian with me. Oh, I was gonna that's be good. But uh, but I saw someone already took his dog to a dress up in, in MLS. I don't know who it was. They like as a Scooby Doo. So yeah. I was like, that was Griffin Dorsey, Dorsey. Houston. Yes, Houston. Yes. The so, entire um, team dressed up ahead of their their playoff match. They all came to the stadium dressed in Halloween costumes. It was pretty impressive. I love that. I love that. It's good vibes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Good vibes. As yeah. long as you win. Now, do you know what, though? I'm thinking back to years past. I feel like Sporting Kansas City always did something on, on Halloween. I feel like that was always a big deal for the club. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, you know, last year we didn't make playoffs, so we were already on vacation. So that was... <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. But this year, it just... Uh, happened to be like a day off. So um, we just didn't plan with it in terms of like, hey, let's do it last week. And um, it just like, we were caught up in the moment, but we love doing it. And uh, a couple of years ago, Alan Pulido threw us a Halloween party. That was really fun as well. So it's been, um, I, I love it. I love when we all dress up. I think it's really fun. Obviously Halloween is where uh, you, you make believe. And I think MLS sometimes tries to do the same thing with rivalries. They try to force it. Obviously, it's been a while since you guys had arrivals. You're in the middle of the, uh, the country there. Not a lot of teams play close to you. But St. Louis. St. Louis seems like a new rivalry. Is it real? Are you guys, do you feel like it's a rivalry when you're playing against them? I'm going to be honest with you. The environment in the game is awesome. It's so much fun to play. It's very difficult to play away. I said it in the interview. I do not want to go back. It's very difficult to play there. It is a very loud environment and their fans are are crazy but at the same time when they came here that was also super cool and these are the games that you want to play in so i would say in that terms yes over time i think it's going to build even more having them in the playoffs having this is i think it's adds to the the spice of it uh i think mls is loving it you know they always love when their uh, matchups work out perfectly so uh this is one of those um so i think this is adding to the rivalry for sure 
The thing about this three-game series, too, is there's still – if it goes to a draw, it goes automatically to penalties. You guys already won one game in penalties in this playoff, that wild card game. I want to know what it feels like as a player standing there at half field watching Tim Melia put in work and you smile because this man is ridiculous. What's the belief that you guys have in him when he's standing there facing pens? Timmy is, I'm actually smiling because Johnny is in the background. So he's, <laughs> he's hi to, he says hi to everyone. Tell him to come hi, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, should I tell him to join? Yeah, Johnny, yeah, jump in. Um, but yes, Timmy is unbelievable the way he saves penalties. We all love watching him because um, he's just one of those goalies that have a very, very good uh, understanding of him. He's going to have to ask him when we're doing our next pranks and stuff like that. So. Uh, no, they cost me too much, I'm out. <laughs> you. He always ends up paying a little bit more. Yes, but uh, yeah, it's great. It's very nerve-wracking, to be honest, to just be there. But uh, Team Melia is the best one to do it. So that's what we always say, that if we lose a penalty shootout ever, it's not because of Timmy. It's going to be because we miss the penalties. He always gets his part. So we just have to add ours. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, Daniel, it's been so great to catch up with you. Uh, best of luck this weekend. I, I'm always cheering for you, my friend, I swear. And we're going to interview a whole lot more, I promise. Just keep winning. Thank you, thank you. No Be pressure. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to take a break. We're going to chat some UEFA Women's Nations League on the other side. Stick around. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, UEFA Women's Nations League action. Here's a look at Tuesday's results. Sweden and Italy end in a 1-1 draw. Denmark win 2-1 over Wales. Germany get the 2-0 win over Iceland and England. Yikes. They lose 3-2 to Belgium. So here is a look at what's at stake in this competition. We've got... A full screen that will be coming, so I'll just read it to you. <laughs> just kidding, just yeah. kidding. Uh, but basically, the finalists qualify for the Olympics. So there's a lot of teams, and this is their only route to the Olympics. And so for England, who are now suddenly sitting in third in their group. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So it's a four-league A group winners. They qualify for the knockout stage. The finalists qualify for the 2024 Olympics, and the top two teams in each league A group remain. So Jordan, for a team like England, who I think we all expected would be sitting on top of their group, suddenly they're in third. What, how, what does this mean for them? It means that they need two really good results and other results to go their way to even find themselves into the Olympics. And granted, it wouldn't be England in the Olympics. It would be Great Britain 
in competing in the Olympics. But for this England team, what is kind of confusing to me is one of the things we loved about them at the World Cup under Serena Wiegmann was that she was adaptable. Mm-hmm. Right away, she, Kira Walsh gets injured. She changes to a 3-5-2. They change formations in order to adapt to what they have. And now Walsh is back, and she was back at the, the World Cup. So they found her spot in that. But now they're back to a 4-3-3, and it looks a little stagnant for them. It's not as if they're not getting chances. Because in this Belgium game, they had a plethora of chances. Alicia Russo with a number of those where I feel like she should have scored. So the the hard thing is it feels like the opportunities are there. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, I I wouldn't say it's on Serena Wiegmann, but I'm also curious why she switched back to a different formation when they were playing so well. Uh, Maybe that has them feeling a little bit off as a group. And the bummer, too, in this game is Alex Greenwood, their best defender, the best probably defender at the World Cup, gets injured, a really gnarly head injury in this game. So um, we don't know the extent of that and what that's going to look like. But they don't look good without her there because Bright and Carter are pretty slow in that back line, and that's how they got beat. Belgium counterattacks, beats them with two passes, and they score a goal. So for England, it's not looking great for them to make it into – the here, here's the opportunity two passes look at just oh wow get run right through with a really good finish here in the end by Belgium but this is in that added time due to the the injury to Greenwood it, it just is not convincing from England right now as we would have expected after such a good World Cup all right so here's a look at their table as we mentioned they are now sitting in third behind the Netherlands and Belgium I mean I I, I like I said, I think we're all surprised that they're yeah. in this. But for, for them, Jordan, coming off the, the loss in the final to to the World Cup and, and now this, like how colossal of a failure would it be for them to not qualify? Yeah, it, it would be a failure. It's hard in Europe, right? Yeah. Three teams, mm-hmm. France has already qualified. Then look at the other teams that you're competing with to get there, right? It is the Netherlands, England, Germany, well, one of those teams isn't going to make it to the the Olympics. And that's that's just how it is every time. And this new route to qualify, I think, is a little bit more fair. At least you get to play games after the World Cup to then qualify for the Olympics because it didn't used to be that way. But I think for any of those teams, if they don't qualify, it would be a failure. Mm -hmm. There's a very strange situation in this group because for Team GB between Wales, Scotland, and England – they have to present one candidate for qualification, and if that candidate makes it to wow. that qualifying round, they, Team GB qualifies to the Olympics via England in this case. So you guys saw the table right there. You, you see it on the right. The next game is England against the Netherlands, right? So hopefully for England, they go to nine points. We imagine Belgium is going to beat Scotland, and they're going to jump to ten points. Then Belgium plays the Netherlands, which means that they'll take points away from each other. Hopefully for England, it's a draw, so England has a possibility to make it to the next round. But they play against Scotland, who's dead last in the group. And if Scotland, if there's any Scotland women players wishing to make it to Team GB, they have to let England beat them in that last game in order to qualify for the Olympics, which is a crazy situation. So we might, it's 
very probable, or probable at least. I can't imagine a that we get to this feels, this feels allowing unhinged. England to win exactly anything. in anything. Yeah. What? But to your own detriment. Yeah, but that Crazy. sounds so Scottish, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah, it? It's doesn't it sound like wild. something like all my Scottish homies would love to do that? Be like, I'll take myself down just to make sure you don't get any shine. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's also, like you said, it's strange. It's weird. Uh, going back to Serena Wegman, um, it seems like she didn't have the greatest uh, World Cup. A lot of expectations were set on her. Now not having a great Nations League. I know you said not to put it on her, but the team does look like, you know, sort of, would, they don't have a lot of great ideas. Yeah. They don't, they're, they're, they're finding luck in moments to win matches. I would disagree with the first part of that statement. I thought she had a great World Cup. So much so that everybody in America was saying, could we get her to be our U.S. women's national Well, no, no, we just had a worse World Cup. I don't think they had a <laughs> so, great World so Cup. So they made it to the final. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and they got beat by the best team in the world, Spain. So I feel like what's happening right now it, when you watch this English team play, especially against this game, in, this game against Belgium, it was they should have scored four goals. They should have. Kira Walsh was just – it was a late run from Lucy Bronze. Bronze gets a shot on goal and Russo roofs it. Like, there's just – there were things that I think players need to be more solid in front of net. I, I wouldn't put it on the coach, but I would – expect, since this isn't working, a, a shift from her in some way. And maybe that's what we need to see in order to say, all right, she's doing something good with this team. But I kind of put on the players. So after mm-hmm. seeing that performance, it was not up to par with what they need to do. You want to hear my master plan? Dun, wow. dun, England doesn't make the Olympics. The U.S. holds to announce their new head coach. England fires Serena. U.S. hires Serena. Dun, dun, dun. Well, fair? Is that, is that realistic? And then we take over the world. Or, yeah. or at least maybe not for the U.S. Women's National Team, but how much pressure is she under if they don't make the Olympics? I think pressure because she kind of had this route with the Netherlands where she did the same thing, won Euros, lost in the World Cup, then, was, then took over in England, won Euros, lost the World, lost World, the World Cup. So maybe if the U.S. bring her in now, they'll win the World Cup <laughs> and then lose the Olympics. <laughs> Would she automatically be the coach of Team GB? I don't know. Good question. I don't know how that works. Interesting. Hmm. Fascinating. I would, Im- I would imagine. But that's the most like interesting it. of the groups. It is. That little nugget from Nico. That, it is. That's a that, good that's I a feel like good when, if, when you're UEFA, knowing this conflict of interest at hand, yeah you would purposely keep England, Wales, and Scotland. Wales is Wales even in League A, you would yeah. keep them in different pots so that you don't get the situation where Scotland has to purposely lose to get to the Olympics, yeah. to have a shot at getting into the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, it, that Tricky. sounded like you made it up when you said it. Yeah, sounded like it, a made-up scenario. They still have to beat Netherlands, real. so we'll right. see if that even comes Correct. into yeah. play. Correct. That's no. going to be a really hard game for them. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take another break. We are going to look ahead to today's matches on the other side. We'll be right back. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. 
Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Welcome back. Here's a look at Wednesday's footy fixed domestic cup action. We've got Carabao Cup, West Ham versus Arsenal. Bournemouth taking on Liverpool and Manchester United will take on Newcastle. You can watch all those matches on ESPN+. And in Major League Soccer, playoff action continues. Columbus Crew hosting Atlanta United, 7.30 p.m. You can watch on Apple TV+. Let's chat a little bit about this game before we leave. Uh, Jordan, Angeli. Prediction? Yeah. Ooh. Three to nothing, Columbus Crew. Ooh, taking wow. it to the house. Wow. Blank. Have you Blank seen the them. rest of these games? I know. Are they, they have still been high you? scoring. <laughs> wow. Three to nothing. Yep. Two one. Two one. Ah, you mm. stole mine. Three one, Columbus. I'm gonna say like that's so much different. Yeah, three no. one to three to nothing. I'm gonna say two nil. <laughs> but the home teams Yo. have been dominating outside of Sporting Kansas City who did, yeah. got the job done. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow. CBS Sunday. After the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.